these inequalities in Carl, this world what are you what are you listening to? Oh, let me let me put that on pause. I'm what actually was that? I'm actually listening to our original episode where we where we talked about Lynn Biot Biot B- 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 have, have we not figured out how to spell her name B- yet? Say B- her name. Biotuck. Biotuck. B- <laughs> no, uh, uh B Bayak. Yeah, Bayitch. Yeah. It's my favorite episode. Yeah, that was yeah. that was a pretty good episode. Yeah. I, uh, uh, I wore my heart on my sleeve that episode. Yeah, it just sucks that she's back in the news. Well, yeah, I'm getting sure. naked this episode, just so you know. Okay. Listeners beware. All right, hey, let's do it. <laughs> in the heart of the One Dish with One Spoon Treaty territory, Nagrin's Sean Vanderclis and Carl Dockstader dish on any and all issues from a First Nations perspective. From pipeline politics to poverty to pan-Indianism and more, Sean shares his concrete curve leg take and Carl gives an urban Oneida angle. You are listening to One Dish, One Mic on the Niagara Podcasters Network. So Lynn Bayak, what the f***? What happened? Actually, I haven't been glued to the newspaper. I know that she's back in the news and she's uh, throwing the white paper. Are we talking about yeah, the white paper? We're talking right? about the white paper. Still. 1969. Are we going to do it? Are we going to just do the white paper? Should we just should get, we? we should get on board, right? Well, I mean, apparently our leaders have already assimilated, so we should just follow suit. Yeah, we're behind the times. Yeah, right? I know. Keep up. If there's one thing I want to say to community members, it's be more like the elected chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, elected chiefs. Some of them are really great. Uh, didn't we just give uh, Eagle Staff to Canada at the United Nations? Didn't yeah, that's that? right. Yeah, yeah for okay. all the something. Right? Yeah, all the stuff yeah. that they don't do. One yeah. feather for every promise broken. Yeah, right. Wow, that's a big <laughs> Eagle Staff. <man. laughs> no idea uh so lynn bayak i think it was september 1st 2017 took it upon herself to write a letter an open-ended letter to anybody and everybody who would take the time to go to her website and in this letter she uh said that we need to essentially assimilate into mainstream society we need to sell our treaty rights um and become canadian because dun, 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 we're not Canadian. <laughs> um, we also need to follow suit with our elected leaders and officials and uh, just trust that they know what they're doing. She also brought up the white paper, good old Pierre Elliott Trudeau and Mr. Jean Chrétien. And uh, yeah, here we are. Yeah. So we're, I don't even know where to start with how problematic that is. It's Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> there's people though, there's people who, in their heart of hearts, believes yeah. that it's a valid argument, right? right? Like if if Indigenous people would just become yep. regular Canadians, then it would be better for them right. because then Indigenous people could like get jobs, yep. and buy houses, and exactly, pick fences, and live the Canadian dream. Right. We could contribute. We could contribute to society. Yeah, um, we wouldn't get no more tax breaks. Like all those good things, right? Yeah, it would work out. The Canadians wouldn't have to carry us on their tax rolls anymore. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and then we would we would pay our debt to society i guess <laughs> we would contribute our our part it's i don't know it's hard for me to wrap my head around oh, the yeah. fact that it's i mean the whole point of residential school was to wash the indigenous out of the child i i, I think unfortunately i talked about i talked about a relative i had in the first episode that were we talked about this and now we're talking about it again yeah for the love of goodness but i talked about a relative who who got into a bathtub full of bleach because she wanted to wash the brown off her skin Yeah, because that's how, that's how society made her feel. 
And that's how Lynn Bayak's comments mm. make me feel right now. Yeah. Like she just wants us to to wash the brown off of our skin and to wash away the history and forget about language, forget about culture, forget about the treaties, forget about the promises that Canada made and and just start anew, just buy in. Yeah, start fresh. Yeah. Never happened. No. No. It's some bullshit. Yeah, I know. It's like being a born-again Christian. Everything that happened beforehand no longer exists. You are a new man. And we are new Canadians. That's exactly how I feel. Sorry to born again Christians. I want to pick on the born again Christians. Well, that's another episode. <laughs> that maybe is another episode, or maybe maybe <laughs> the social justice. Maybe we can give that one to Patty, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Listeners, stay tuned. <laughs> Patty is going to come on and do an episode that she doesn't know about yet yeah. about uh, born again Christianity. So, but in this episode, we're talking about born again Canadian. Born again maybe Canadianism. Maybe we have something there, though. Maybe we could just like snap our fingers. Could and, we? Ooh, we're Canadian, yeah. right? Ooh. Yeah, I could get a maple a, leaf tattoo on my chest. Did you so. see, uh, was it Smoke Signals? Did you ever see that movie? Yeah. But when his dad, he's like, poof, there goes the white people. Poof. <laughs> <laughs> there goes colonialism. <laughs> it's a good day to be Indian. I'll tell you what, it's not a good day. It's not a good day to be Senator Lynn Bayak because, <laughs> like, seriously, like, is she is she gonna get filleted for this though? Like that that's what if you remember the last time it happened, yeah. It actually took us about a week to take to tape the episode, yeah. and then it took us another week to get the episode out. Yeah. And unfortunately, by the time we taped the episode and by the time we got the episode out, still nothing had happened to her. Yeah. Like she at the time was still a member of the the indigenous caucus of the yeah. Senate, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Like who the hell was asleep at the wheel where they just like let, oh, let's let this little racist old white lady, you know, yeah. wander in here and say whatever she wants based on some idea she has from her six friends. Did you see the picture in the CBC yeah. of the people she consulted yeah. with? Yeah. Like how would you feel if that was like your uncle up there or something? You know, <laughs> he's he's not coming to Christmas. <laughs> no, no, he's off the he's yeah. off the list. No, no, no treaty payments for him. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I I uh, can't believe that so little happened. It took so long. I have mad respect though for Ronnie Ambrose yeah. because this this uh, we've talked about this in other shows. Yeah, but specific to Lynn Bayak, Ronnie Ambrose came forward and said we're we're the party that apologizes, the conservative yeah. party that that unequivocally apologized and this doesn't reflect our party values so you have all three parties i believe yeah that say that this lynn biatch and conrad black sort of nonsense is, is yeah. just that it's nonsense it's bullshit it's, yeah. it doesn't doesn't reflect our values but you're still you're still letting the fox hang around the hen house right, right? she's still on the conservative caucus yeah so if she doesn't reflect conservative values why is she still a conservative member Senators are unfireable in Canada. We talked about this in the last episode, too. They Canada, are. Canada has... But you could remove her from caucus. That yeah. has happened. Precedence has been set. Yeah. Um, Justin Trudeau officially unaligned all senators from the Liberal caucus. So while they may still meet as independents, they are not affiliated with the Liberals at all. She's still got the platform, though. Like, they're, whether she's affiliated with a, any particular party or mm. not, she's still got this platform for the rest of her life. Like, look at Mike Duffy. He's yep. suing the Senate. Like, that guy, that guy mm. on in 20 different ways. Oh. And they tried to reprimand him for it. And I thought, we I seem th to live in this world I where... I thought we were talking federal politics, not regional politics. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Mike Duffy gave his $40,000 oh, expense Duffy, bill. I heard Petrowski. <laughs> Sorry. 
very similar, right? Yeah. Where where politicians are unfireable, apparently, yeah. right? Like nothing they do uh, can can be reprimanded in in any sort of way because they're democratically elected, and being democratically elected, I guess, gives you this god given <laughs> power where the regional I mean, the regional chair doesn't yeah. doesn't see the need to do anything or yeah. can't can't keep his house in order. Maybe is the issue there, and then similarly I mean, with the Senate, who's in charge of the Senate? Who is in charge of the Senate? I don't know. Isn't there... Do you know who's in charge of the, of the Senate? Our, we're not trying to tokenize you or anything, but... Not that you speak on, on behalf of all senators. Could you speak on behalf of all of Canada and let us know who's in charge of the Senate, Trevor? I, I guess I'm going to try and speak on behalf of all white people. Okay. Um, <laughs> the uh, uh, So the, the Senate, um, the s- members of the Senate are appointed uh, usually by the Prime Minister. Yeah. Right. So, uh, and those are lifetime appointments. Yeah. And yeah. So it's it's basically once once you're in, you have that nice, sweet, cushy job until until death uh, until you die. Death do us part. So it's the monarchy all over again, except we pick these monarchs. Yeah. Kind kind of when I I I think that when the the Senate uh, works well, it is uh, it's supposed to be a place where the government can go, uh, sends its le- legislation, and it gets like a last sort of review for house of um, sober second thought exactly yeah, yeah. and uh, reviews legislation for um, you know sound principles reflecting you know in our constitution mm-hmm. peace order and good government yeah. right so in most cases it works okay that way mm-hmm. but th- again the same sort of issue with with regional politics i was just talking about this um yesterday we're getting stuck on these small issues. And when you get stuck on the small issues, it shows that you probably also can't handle the big issues. Yep. Right. So where there's smoke, there's fire. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that's, that's what's going on here. The, mm-hmm. the fact that, um, that Senator Bayak has these, has these thoughts, I, I'm disgusted by them. And right. I, I don't like, I don't want her in the, in the Senate. And I like, I feel like I'm, I, Get rid of the Senate in order to get rid of her. Yeah, yeah. that that might be that might be an okay mm-hmm. uh, so, uh, solution uh, for this because I feel that strongly about yeah. it. So works for me. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. So let's just get rid of the Senate. Yeah. Problem solved. Oh. Thank you for listening to One Dish Run. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, another crazy idea. What are your thoughts on appointed doctors? Whoa, that's uh, uh, I. Yeah. <laughs> what about appointed doctors exactly and that's my point when it comes to senators and politicians <laughs> you shouldn't be appointing them there has to be some sort of qualifications some sort of letter or some sort of level of understanding um competencies like indigenous people and indigenous rights should be a prerequisite i feel you i feel you on that and i mean I'm actually for a diverse view of opinions, yeah. and I'm not totally against appointments. Why? Uh, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, look, look at look at the American judicial system, yeah. and look at the Canadian judicial system, right? And I'm I'm not saying that American is better than Canadian or Canadian is better than American or anything yeah. like that, but I just want to contrast the two systems. Like we're coming up into, I think America is an in perpetual election now, yeah. so there's always these commercials for judges on all of the yeah. on all of the American channels, and for me that doesn't that doesn't seem like good training for a judge shouldn't be fundraising and getting elected right. and making really good commercials good good training for a judge should be studying law and understanding legal principles and reflecting the values of society and, right. and finding ways to do things in a judicial and fair manner so i'm not i'm not totally anti appointment but the senate has made itself irrelevant 
it may not have been, but it's now currently an irrelevant appointed body. It is. It's, it's, in my opinion, it needs to be abolished. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it really seems like it. So, yeah. but there, even if you, even if you abolish the Senate, you're still going to have, you're still going to have jerks like Conrad Black. And, and I recently took some time out of my day against my better judgment to <laughs> read an article that was promoted yeah. by, by the National Post too. So it's not like, it's not like I just stumbled upon this article. The National Post took this jerk who, who founded their newspaper and yeah. who has been kicked out of several countries and thrown into jail. And I think, I think he, he, uh, uh, has defied all levels of, of ethics. And I mean, a way that I look at it is, is if he were an indigenous person or if he were a woman, his career would have been completely destroyed. Oh. But because he's an old, rich white guy, he not only gets to continue to his corrupt piece of shit ass gets to continue to contribute contribute to his paper yeah. but they actually paid to promote it like yeah. somebody somewhere on some marketing board decided that it would be a good idea to put some money behind this this racist garbage that, that conrad black is putting in the newspaper where he says things like europeans in the 16th century were at least five thousand years ahead of any of the indigenous people like that that in and of itself like five thousand years you 5, know years. yeah like by what standard yeah by the fact that, that, again, you had kings and queens with God-given power that ruled over armies that destroyed people because of their faith and belief systems and kept people in indentured service and then eventually outright slavery and captured people and brought, brought them across continent to start the process of genocide and land theft and, and breaking treaties and making and breaking agreements left, right, and center. Is that is that the mark of an advanced society? By his standards. Apparently, right? <clears throat> So you have if even if you get rid of the Senate, yeah, and even if Lynn Bayek fades into irrelevance, which is what it looks like it's going to happen, you know, we'll get to take our pot shots at her, but but hopefully she just fades back into the nothingness that that she crawled out of. Yeah. But then you still do have the Conrad Blacks of the world. You still have the Donald Trumps of the world. Yeah. You still have the Andy Petrowskis of the world. So are they tapping this nerve that's that's out there? Well, I mean, I think we kind of touched on our on our previous racism episode when you said is what's happening in the United States, is that a possibility to happen in Canada? And we taped that episode, what, a month ago? Yeah. A month and a half ago? Yeah. And I think this, well, combined with the Conrad Black article and combined with uh, Lynn Bayak's comments, I mean, it's coming over. It's creeping over. I mean, I'm pretty sure in in like two weeks' time, I'm attending a rally against a racist group in Niagara Falls. Yeah. Right. September 30th. I mean, like racism is alive. Racism is well and it's flourishing in Canada. It's it's literally that simple. Um, and it's because of Lynn Bayak. It is. Lynn, Lynn Bayak and Conrad Blacker and Andy Petrowski, for that matter. They're, yeah. they're the gateway drugs. Exactly. To all out racism. And because they're doing this ridiculousness and saying this bullshit, acting like privileged little. <laughs> yeah. We're forced to cover it. Yeah. So, like, so, so there's an elders gathering that's happening in Edmonton, Alberta, right now. It's first of its kind, where they're bringing elders from across the country in to discuss amazing opportunities. So instead of doing a do- a show or an episode on that and discussing all of the positive things that are happening, we're forced to c- sit here and talk about Lynn Bayak and her ridiculousness and the racist views that she has and the in the just hate and garbage that she spews out of her mouth. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. In a couple hours, I'm going to be talking about uh, Andy Petrowski and his ridiculousness. Um, and two weeks from now, <laughs> again, I'll be protesting a racist hate group that's going to be in Niagara Falls. 
yeah, it's it's a distraction from, from the is. real issues. There, there's a lot of good energy, and there actually, I mean, there probably are good senators, and I would venture to say that the majority of the senators are are well intentioned, yeah. and that they do a lot of good work. Yeah. But the reality of the Senate being abolished, it's it's entered into the public dialogue yeah. because of a few bad apples that are that are ruining it for everyone. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know I personally won't miss it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, abolished, yes. Reformed, most definitely. Something has to happen with the Senate. Yeah. Um, it's not 1860s anymore. Um, there's really no need, in my, in my opinion, for appointed senators. I know we have contrasting views on this, but you have to, you have to bring something to the table, and it can't be fame. It has to be something more than fame, in my oh, opinion. I'm, I'm okay with I'm okay with uh, uh, getting rid of the Senate, and I'm okay with opposing appointed senators. Like I, I'm not in favor of, of having an appointed Senate. Yeah, uh, it's just some some appointees. That's all. Like like I think that highly qualified positions should be filled by the most qualified applicants, not by democracy. Because I think that I think that popular democracy, the the form of democracy that Canada has, for example, in the yeah. United States, has I think that it's been shown to be ineffective. And again, I I would say look no further than than regional council yeah and look no further than than the united states of america look no further than than uh every canadian election for the past like however long has had like up to 40 percent of people have voted for any one party oh, that's gotten yeah, a majority yeah, yeah, rule yeah. for for four years so yeah. i just i just think that popular democracy is deeply flawed i think participatory democracy where you have some sort of investment in yep. the democratic process i think that's that's the better way to go so just to be clear, I, I'm not pro pro appointed senators by any stretch okay. of the imagination. I'm I'm actually I'm anti Canadian style of democracy, which again you can rewind and listen all the way. Yep. I think to episode two, where where you and I sort of lay that out. Well, probably as the election looms in October, yep. in or sorry, in the spring yep. in Ontario, we'll we'll talk about that again, yep. most likely. Regional well. councils coming up. Yeah, regional councils coming up in fall of 2018. Yeah. So in 2018, look forward to to more episodes where Sean and Carl get into a fist fight about democracy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and whether Indigenous people should vote or not. <laughs> but then we'll celebrate Andy Petrowski's loss. Yeah, well, maybe, right? No, it's he's he's losing. Is there aren't there enough kooks to to put him back in office? I don't know. I'll figure it out. I'm yeah. gonna burn down the place. Probably the people that voted for him initially weren't all kooks, right? Like, there probably are people who, like, what was he going to do? He's going to lower hydro bills yeah. to regional council yeah, or something? Exa- exactly. Wasn't that his platform? And, and he's going to lower everyone's water bill? By- and, and the people who voted for him aren't kooks, right? Well, not all of them. I mean, come on. That's the equivalent. To, I mean, I have no time for stupid people. I really don't. <laughs> and I'm sorry for the people who voted for region, uh, Andy Petrowski. But based on the promises he made alone, you should have been able to determine that this guy has no clue what he's talking about. Um, same with Donald Trump. Like, how's that wall coming, Donald? Yeah, right. Yeah, the wall that's never going to get built. Exactly. It's being built, but in it's uh, what's he say? What the hell did he say? It's being built, but it's being built in the form of current renovations of a pre of a pre existing wall. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's like it, the fence will be up soon. So it went from a wall to a fence. Yeah. There and that I mean you can you can say whatever you want about walls and you can say whatever you want about immigration and you can make all these all these uh, boisterous promises about repealing and replacing Obamacare yeah. and you can do all this stuff and, and not be held to task but again heaven forbid you say something against the Langevin block yeah which is where this all started yeah and the it's the fan like people are ready to lay down in traffic to defend Langevin yeah. right and, yeah and John A McDonald exactly. which is where that's where Conrad Black's article yeah. came from was was this whole John A McDonald I guess controversy I guess yeah. it's controversial to say that hey maybe uh and it's not like 
it's not like the teachers came out and said John A. McDonald must be erased from history. Right. We can never talk about John well, A. McDonald. And, and that's the argument they use. The counter uh, the John A. McDonald bait is that we're erasing history. We're changing history. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. no, he, no. he was there. He, I mean, am I Doc Brown? No. No. Are you Marty? Nope. No. No. That would have, be pretty cool, though. Could it, I mean, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. They did go back to the Wild West in the third movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're, they're, that's the time when Johnny McDonald ruled, <laughs> ruled Canada. So yeah. from from the bar stool, I think, yeah. raging raging alcoholic that he was. So uh, yeah, that I I guess that's the thing is Lynn Bayak, her time has passed. Yeah, Conrad Black, his time has passed. Yeah. Like they're the time for this type of thinking. It just that's just not the reality that we live in anymore. Why wouldn't we be reflective in in the day and age of free and abundant information? It's more important than ever that we parse that information in an ethical and mm-hmm. fair way knowledge is power it really is yeah use it yeah embrace it yeah, exactly technology come on yeah like fuck. <laughs> yeah I, I, I just don't get it yeah I'm gonna, um i'm gonna edit out all the times when you swear so we can keep this episode clean really maybe no but I'm sorry, I never use that. I'm going to edit out this part. No, you're, you're literally not editing out this part. I'm going to edit out this part. No, you're not. No. All right, I'm going to leave it in and see, see who's actually listening. Um, so bring it back. Why is what uh, Lynn Bayak wrong? Why is she is so offensive? Why, as an indigenous man, should I not sell my rights? If we, I mean, I've been asked this question before. Why, why do indigenous people have to have different rights than Canadians. And right. I, I mean, that's a question I could throw right back at you, but, mm-hmm. but I'm going to take a crack at it. The reason why we have to have rights that are different from, from other people that, that share this territory with us is that it's important to have distinctive heritages. Mm-hmm. Distinctive heritages add richness to our society from a cultural standpoint. And further to that, I think that we have a right to maintain those distinct heritages because we negotiated for that in our, in our treaty rights canada tried to manually take away those distinctive cultural things that make us unique as a people we're connected to who we are as a people Mm -hmm. from ten thousand years ago canada the united states all of the colonial settler governments tried to come in and to say that our way was better with no choice from our people yep some of our people, like according to Lynn Bayak, I don't necessarily agree with this, but according to Lynn Bayak, some of our some of our chiefs have have agreed to assimilate. We know some people that, that have just decided that yeah, I'm going to I'm going to wash the indigenous from yep. my skin, but for the benefit of my children and their children and the children after them, I think that that not only as indigenous people do we have a duty to protect and preserve our way of life, but I think that Canadians have an ever-growing responsibility to help us protect and preserve those distinctive ways of living. Well said. Thanks, buddy. Good job. Thanks, was friend. That your, was that your traveling thought? I guess that is going to be my traveling thought. Fantastic. So, um, but right back at you. Like, why Why have different <clears throat> rights? Like, and actually, this this would be good for, for maybe you to clarify because you're pro-voting, you're yep. pro-participating in Canadian democracy. You're, I mean, we're sort of, we haven't decided if you're a Canadian citizen or not. I think I'm both. Are you a Canadian yeah, citizen? I, you're I, like I, a dual? I think I... I like I, a curved lake Adian? I, I came in came into doing this with the understanding that I was pro-Canada and pro-being native. And I've also, I've often tried to bring them together, um, but it's impossible. It is completely impossible. So like since being on this podcast, I now identify as, as being dual. I'm Anishinaabe and I'm Canadian and nation to nation. 
Okay. And that's 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 that. Um, but back to your original question. Yeah, why have distinctive rights then, especially if you're Canadian? Why, why do you get a special have... set? Why don't why don't you have to pay uh, some portion mm. of the provincial tax sometimes? Yeah. And that's a very it's actually smaller. Like they had Celebration of Nations yeah. and here, which was great, by the way. I hope I hope everybody had a chance to go go and go and watch the video yeah. that's circulating around Facebook right now. It's a great video that that sums up a fantastic weekend that's gonna be almost as cool as the forthcoming nurturing our roots Powell <laughs> in Montebello Park on October first. But they they uh, the tickets weren't yeah. actually uh, tax exempt. <laughs> so you have this big indigenous event and it's not the fault of the organizers yeah. like like tim johnson and michelle yeah. elise and sarah palmary and annie wilson and and the other the many many other people i've just by mentioning only those people i'm leaving out many of the yeah. great names of people it's not their fault that these tickets weren't tax exempt but the tickets weren't tax exempt <laughs> for indigenous people for the celebration of nations right so we're gonna have this great event and the the entire city of St. Catharines, I felt like, stopped that weekend and took an opportunity to celebrate Indigenous people, which yep. was fantastic. St. Catharines showed up. St. Catharines showed yep. up. Yeah, the yep. Indigenous community showed up. The people showed up. The leaders showed up. It, it was a truly, truly fantastic weekend. But then this goes back to the very simple premise that Indigenous people who wanted to buy tickets that weekend yeah. had to pay taxes, which is yeah. just one of our basic treaty rights that, that it was agreed that in order for settlers to establish their society here, that the people who lived on this land already would be allowed to live here and not have to pay taxes, not Mm -hmm. have to contribute to that economy. The Canadian people would go and build their own economy and indigenous people could, could join them and help out and participate. But that this one burden of, of tax is something that wouldn't be applied to them as an offering of, of thanks to the contributions that they made as, as pillars of Canadian society. That right, like all rights, has been eroded over the years. And and it did go from from having a tax-free existence to, well, now there's conditions on the tax. And now if you leave the reservation, there's mm-hmm. going to be tax. And now if you leave the reservation and you want to go to a celebration of Indigenous expression and art, you're going to have to pay a little bit of tax and nickel and dime, nickel and dime, nickel and dime. That's how, that's how the rights end up getting eroded. And that is why, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I had a thought in my head. <laughs> it was trying to come out and it didn't. But no, that's that's exactly why I think that there are two levels of citizenship when it comes to Canada. We have negotiated rights. We have agreed upon negotiated rights. Canadian government approached us. Canadian government asked for these treaties. And it's up to the Canadian government to 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 live up to those treaties that were agreed upon. Um, have they been doing so? Most definitely not. If anything, if if we were to actually take it to a non-biased court and present our case and have them present their case, I think would be hugely in our favor. They were, Canada wouldn't even stand a chance when it came to broken promises. Um, when you put it into modern day context and talk about contracts, this is essentially what it is. Indigenous people from various First Nations entered into contract with the government of Canada. The For the most part, the terms were agreed upon from both sides. Um, there's cases where it wasn't agreed on from the First Nations side, but those treaties were still imposed. That's why we have two different levels of citizenship. And that's why they need to be honored. So for Lynn Bayak to sit here and say we need to to essentially enfranchise, we need to sell our rights and become Canadian citizens and, and participate in Canadian democracy, 
much like our assimilated leaders, is absolutely absurd and it's a slap in the face. You would not see a corporation try and do this to another corporation at all. Yeah. Um, they'd probably want to renegotiate maybe, but you wouldn't see that. That's just, it's ridiculous. It, it, it shows her level of understanding. It shows her level of competence. It shows how unfit she is to be a senator. And because of it, it shows the level of incompetence of, of the Senate as a whole. Like my faith and my trust in the Senate, despite having good, well-intentioned senators, I think that's what we called her last time, yeah. um, is, is completely gone. Um, like I feel bad for Senator Murray Sinclair. Uh, I'm a huge fan of his, but sorry, Murray, but I'm advocating for your position to be gone. I, I am not in fan of the Senate at all. Um, something needs to be done. Um, I, I put, When I posted the article on Facebook to our to the One Dish One Mike website, I, I called out Chris Biddle on it saying, I need you to to say something. I need you to get our point across to Justin Trudeau and let him know that this is completely under unacceptable. Now, I'm not too sure how, how hip Chris Biddle is when it comes to responding to messages <laughs> on Facebook. I've seen him respond to posts on his individual posts, but never um, elsewhere. So we'll see if he actually says anything. Do you want to use your traveling thought to, to formally... Call them out a little bit, or not? Maybe yeah. light a fire. No, seriously. Uh, fire. All right. What's your What's your traveling thought? Sean? My My traveling thought is that it is unacceptable to hold these views and serve the Canadian people. And as my elected representative, who I voted for, Chris Biddle, I would like you to bring my concerns to our leader, Justin Trudeau, and I would like you to make our concerns unequivocally clear to the House of Commons and to the Senate that these views are unacceptable. It'd be nice to know that a politician has your back. It'd be nice to know that a local politician has your back. We have a relatively high indigenous community in this population, um, as seen by the Celebration of Nations, as going to be seen by the October 1st powwow hosted at Montebello Park, hosted by the Niagara Regional Native Center. With head um, dancer Sean Vanderclis. <laughs> with head dancer Sean Vanderclis. Um But... You're affecting the livelihoods of our children. You are affecting the livelihoods of, of my children personally. When people have to question their identity and you hear, you see leaders of the country talking in this manner, it is absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. One of the biggest ovations that people received at the, the gathering, what was it, Celebration of Nations, was this little girl who said... I want to be. I want people to know that I'm indigenous, or something along those lines. I'm summarizing for that, and that was the biggest applause. That should not be the biggest applause. People should be automatic. Automatically, people should be proud of who they are. They should not need a little nine year old advocate. While it was cute, that should not be it. We should Lexi, not. Lexi is an all star. Yeah, throwing that out there. No, she is. And don't get me wrong. Like it brought tears to my eyes when I saw it. I'm not. I'm not discrediting her. I'm just saying, in this day and age, I should not be made ashamed of who I am. My children should not be made ashamed. Um, any indigenous person should not have to question their identity. And sorry, I'm shaking the table. And because these comments that she made, people are going to. People, like you said, are going to be washing their skin of their indigenous culture, their roots, and the color of their skin. Like, I, I grew up not understanding my culture because my grandma did not want to identify with being native. Yeah. Um, so that's why it's so personal to me. It it just uh ah! <laughs> You heard it here first. Sean Sean Vanderclus is asking Chris Biddle to publicly condemn Senator Lynn Bayak's comments and asking Chris Biddle to go to the Prime Minister and to have the Prime Minister publicly condemn the comments of, of Lynn Bayak. Boom. 
So for uh, I mean I don't I don't even know if I can if I can top the passion. Sorry. Of, of that. <laughs> no, that's that's great. That I um, but my traveling thought for the day is is quite quite simple. Just let the Lynn Bayaks and the Conrad Blacks and the Andy Petrowskis and the Donald Trumps and all of these other so-called leaders, let them fade into irrelevance and do what you can to give them gentle nudges off into the night so that we no longer have to hear them. Don't kill them. I'm not saying kill them, but I'm saying just get rid of these politicians. Let's, let's take them out of the public picture. And it's uh, enough is enough. Either, either Canadians believe that they want to have a fair society where they do fair things and treat people in equitable and fair ways or, or they don't. And if, that's the case. If they don't want to stand up to these politicians, then it's on Donkey Kong. That being said, I will see you September 30th at the rally against hate. Yeah. And then a couple of days after for October 1st, the powwow in Montebello Park in downtown St. Catharines featuring head dancer Sean Vanderclis, co-host of One Dish, One Mic at the Niagara <laughs> Pop-Up Podcast Studio. I'm so excited for the powwow. Yeah, me too. Me too. This has been our show at uh, generously hosted at uh, Cowork Niagara, the home of Niagara's independent workforce. Love you guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening to One Dish, One Mic on the Niagara Podcasters Network. Your hosts are Carl Dockstader and Sean Vanderclus. Recording is done at the Pop-Up Podcast Studio at Cowork Niagara, home of Niagara's independent workforce. Executive producer is Trevor Twining. Production assistance by Daniel Twining. Show artwork by Mitch Baird. Music by DJ Shub, used with permission. If you have show ideas or comments, you can reach us on Twitter at Niagara Podcasts.